If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubenville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in studio in VC Productions in Nashville, Tennessee. we got a great show for you today. It's part two with Anna Papalia, always at the table, my good friend Tyler Burnett, the CEO of the Goat Family of Brands, the founder. We're so yeah, glad got to come up, the, uh, up on the sprinter with you today. And to the left, John Byers. John is the calming force for our show. We call him the LinkedIn Whisperer. We had a we had a great time with you, Anna, in um, in part one of getting in the canoe with you. We want to thank Dev Digital, and we want to thank RWS Services for what they do for us to make this happen and bring cool guests. Our gift to you, since we are in the month of December, our gift to you today is Anna. Her gift to the world is this thing called. The shift profile. I want to read the mission of the shift profile because I think you do it so well. Not everyone interviews the same way, which that's, that is a powerful idea in itself. And we'll talk about that in here in just a second. Giving everyone the same advice doesn't work. And the advice that you say that we give everyone is what you have to be an extrovert, right? Right. Well, yeah, society prefers extroverts. Yes. Yeah. We believe that in order to teach people how to interview, we must first figure out what's holding you back, help you understand your interview style, and give you tools and tips on how to improve tailored to you. I have completed the shift profile. I am. We're going to talk about that. We, we are <laughs> going to talk about that. I'll hold, I'll hold for a second and let you know what my profile is here in just a second. Um, but, but. The assessment is changing the way that people are not only interviewing, but the way that people are interviewing those people to move from an artificial moment mm. to a meaningful moment. And why does it matter? And I think if you listen to part one, if you haven't, pause, go back, listen to it, because Anna said an interview can change your life, and it changed your life significantly. It was the crux of our the first part of our conversation, right? At What's that? At Penn. It did. So super cool. I, you know, you have a TikTok. Uh, well, not video. just one. Yeah, not just yeah, one no, no, video. No, lots, She's lots, a but, TikTok star. That's but, how I found you. But there is one that's got <laughs> almost 700,000 views or whatever the proper term is there. And that's right. You talk right. about four things that really helps increase our confidence in interviews. And the first thing, I thought this was really interesting. I recently had a post on uh, LinkedIn that was like, I think you said ex the exact words, which got me really excited to have this conversation because I thought, man, we've got some things in sync and that I want you to challenge me on too. But the first thing you said of those four and the four things were smile, edge of your seat, eye contact, hands on the table. So we can talk about that. But I wrote recently on um, uh, LinkedIn about smiling. I posted the quote from Buddy the Elf. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. And by the way, you know there's this part in the show which I've thought about several times. I mean, we're in the season of Christmas, so Elf's on all the time. Here we go. Where he's reading a book and he says, Francisco. That's so fun to say. That's how I feel about your name. 
papalia. Keep saying it. Yeah. It's so fun Makes to you say. feel good. Yeah, it makes you feel better. It changes my brain like smiling. So here's what I wrote. According to a recent study published in the journal Experimental Psychology, researchers found that smiling, even a fake smile, yes. cause our smiling muscles to contract. They fire a signal back to the brain, stimulating our reward system and further increasing our level of happy hormones, endorphin, endorphins. Essentially, triggering certain facial muscles by smiling can trick your brain into thinking you're happy. I don't know. You said that, or, you know, in your own words, when you talk yep. about that, and I thought, I, it got me so excited to have this conversation. So can you just very quickly walk us through those four things and why those matter? And I can tell you've done it the entire time we've been here. So thank you for living, <laughs> living it. Oh, I, I, I Johnny, the talk, Johnny. The walk. Yeah. Yes. Um, I wrote an article um, citing that research a, a while back. It's pretty amazing research when it comes to interviewing better and looking more confident. It means that even though you feel really nervous, you can – Fake it till you make it. You can psych your brain literally into thinking that you're happy mm. by smiling. This doesn't just happen in, or work, work in interviews, but works in any interaction. Yeah. It, what we discovered as scientists is that our brains are connected to the muscles in our face. We also know this through Botox patients. So if you get too much Botox, if you can't make the same muscle reactions in emotional responses, then you can't detect it in other people. Mm. So if your brain detects that you're smiling, your brain thinks, oh, we must be happy. Now, in an interview, as an interviewer, I don't know how nervous you are, right? Like all I can see is the outside. I can see your suit, I can see your body language, and I can see you smiling or not smiling. I've interviewed with so many people. I, I'm telling you, I've interviewed with some people that they were so nervous. I thought I was going to have to call an ambulance. Like, wow. I, I nerve that. is a real thing that you have to counteract in an interview. Yeah. And we know from a scientific perspective that one of the ways to do that is with your nonverbal communication, smiling, taking up a lot of space, putting your hands on the table. Making eye contact makes you look more trustworthy, makes you feel better about the relationship that you're building. John. And it all makes a much better impression. So not only does it make a great impression, that's super important, but it also makes you feel less nervous and look more confident. So you need to be doing all of these things in an interview, not just because it looks good, but because it's actually going to make you feel better. Yeah. And I've taught... I used to teach in the Fox School of Business at Temple University, thousands of students this trick, and it changes everything. Mm. I'm like, sit up straight, get on the edge of your seat, smile, make eye contact, and put your hands on the table. Don't put them in your lap. In your lap, you look like this meek little girl. When they're on the table, you look like an executive who's ready to make a decision. Mm. I love that. I love that. Here's... When I was speaking to you about getting you on the show, you said this. I said, what is an interview? And you said, an interview is a set of questions about you. And the more you know yourself, the better you will do in an interview. Mm. And that's what. How about about in life? (laughs) (laughs) That too. That too. Like, I think everything I'm learning about what you're sharing can completely change our life and our interview at the same time. Well, before John rudely interrupted me, <laughs> I was going to ask you a question, which is, 
how do these interview styles help you know more about yourself? Why is it that this process allows you to do that when other people have not been able to help people figure this piece of interviewing out? Okay, so interview books, there are two types of interview books. There's two types of advice out there. Number one, if you go on Amazon, you're going to find very, very specific books. How to land your physician assistant interview. How to blah, 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 right? Very, very specific. How to land your flight attendant interview. Hmm. And then the other types of interview books are 101 great interview answers. Memorize these answers and you'll get the job. How to sell this pen. Right, exactly. None, neither of those work. I'll just tell you, right? And so when I started my business for the first five years, I was giving advice from my perspective. I used to be a director of talent. I was like, I used to hire people. I know what people need to do in order to make a good impression. I'm also highly extroverted. So act like me, do what I do. I got it pen on my college interview. I can interview and I can get in anywhere. Do what I do. Yeah. I was doing what most people do. And I had a light bulb moment that changed my business. I was working at Temple University. I was, I was teaching 600 students a semester how to interview. Three classes a week, mock interviews, resume reviews. I saw every walk of life, every type of student. And some students just weren't getting it. And instead of pushing my lessons down their throat or insisting my way was the right way, I took a step back and I asked myself, why? Why isn't this working? Because if I want to disrupt how we do this, and if I want to be the change I wish to see in the world when it comes to interviewing, what are we missing? And what I arrived at is all of the students that would come to me and the ones that would get great internship offers and do well in interviews, they all had something in common. And what I figured it out was that they all had an amazing self-awareness. And then I realized, well, is it just the extroverts that can do this? No. So I went ahead and I collected a ton of research and I had a hypothesis and then I collected more research and I discovered that the way we interview has more to do with our personalities and less to do with our qualifications, how much we want the job or a lack of preparation. And the thing I was missing before in teaching my students was that they didn't feel seen, validated, understood. I was saying, do this in an interview. And some of them were like, I would never do that in an interview. So our wires were getting crossed and I thought, well, what would you do? So it set me down two years of collecting research and asking every one of my students, when you go into an interview, what do you prioritize? How do you get someone to see you as qualified? And what I found is that there are four primary styles when it comes to interviewing. As As for the first one, Highly extroverted folks who are highly accommodating are charmers. And charmers <laughs> prioritize being liked and making a connection. AKA codependent. <laughs> I 
am a charmer in interviews. So for me, I, I just that. assumed that every single person went into an interview wanting to be liked. And of make course. It yes, of course. What I found is she that she wasn't that saying is that in a good way, Colby. Don't <laughs> just hold on. Wait, hold that's on not here. right. <laughs> yeah, my head exploded too. But what I found is staying open-minded uh. and open-minded to the research in my students, because what I was trying to solve was this problem: how do I help all of my students? What I realized is some people go into an interview wanting to adapt and they don't want to be like they want to join something that's bigger than themselves other people look at an interview like a test that they're either going to pass or fail and they never ever think about being liked they focus on being qualified and then they're the last interview style challengers they look at interviews like they just it's an opportunity for them to be heard and respected and they ask a lot of tough questions and this discovery changed everything yeah i threw out my old interview textbook i started making sure all of my students took our interview style assessment beforehand and they received a customized 40-page personality assessment result wow. this is how you are in an interview I had students coming up to me. There you go. Colby has it. I had interviews coming up to me, students coming up to me saying, I don't know how you did this, but this is me in an interview. I didn't know other people did this. And that to me was, it's all I needed. We That's how you move the needle. That's how you give good advice. You figure out who someone is first and mm. then say, okay, if your priority is to get liked in an interview, you're not doing other things, which you may forget to talk about your qualifications. Yeah. You may not talk about, you know, the technical aspects of a job because you're so interested in telling stories, for example. It allowed us to coach better, our everything improved. The students engagement level, they they just ate it up. And then that's when I realized this is how we change interviewing. We have to give it a language. We don't have a language. When I was a director of talent, how do you debrief after interviews? Yeah. Most hiring managers yeah. say things like, ah, I don't like him. What, well, what does that mean? Yeah. What don't you like? And I wanted to create a formalized language so we could talk about yeah. how we interview right. as job seekers and hiring managers in a way that is allowing people to be authentic. There's no judgment. It's not, ugh. I don't like that person because of X. How about the conversation is, well, I'm a charmer in interviews and I prioritize making a connection. And it's tough for me to interview with examiners because they just want to talk about the job. Mm. They seldom open up and I don't feel as though I can click with that person. All right, we got to stop the train here because this is, this is incredible. And we are far from over, but I, I want to make sure we – We'll say this again at the end. How do people find out more about this? What's like? You can go to my website, shiftprofile.com, and okay. take your take the interview style assessment and get your own shift profile. And you can follow me on TikTok and Facebook. Please do that, and like like we have done. And uh, this this is really incredible stuff. Not only is your class said this is really cool, like the the world is hearing you saying this is super cool and you're not just changing interviews like you're changing what what's happening you know this i don't think it's been said what i keep thinking though is that 
you're creating, you're teaching people how to have connection. And it's not just connection like uh, somebody that's a charmer is wanting to have, but connection with certain people and how they connect with certain things within interviews and in life. And you're talking about being vulnerable, smiling, leaning in, eye contact, asking good questions, which I think is critical to any relationship because good questions can either end, expand, or focus a conversation. And the hope right in some a lot of interviews is to really expand the conversation, right? And I feel like what you said a moment ago, that it comes from self-awareness, like that was a huge thing for me, right? As I sit here and hear you talk about the work that you're doing, that's the foundation of being able to connect with people, whether it's in relationships, in an interview, at work, colleagues, parenting, spouse, fill in the blank, right? It's self-awareness. And then I think what you're talking about translates into every single area of life. Well, how it's do you, super <clears throat> you say it so many times as a business owner and you're talking with a manager about maybe your people underneath you. It's like, they'll just never get it. They don't think like us. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to figure out why they think the way they think and that could help us all connect more. And, so. and having a challenger and having an examiner and having a harmonizer along with a charmer would make the workplace better. It would, is, would it? Do you think that? Anna, is that how you see it? Yeah, Tyler hit it right on the head. So one of my favorite quotes is a Ben Franklin quote. If we're all thinking alike, no one's thinking. Mm. We need we need people that are different than us. And one of the biggest mistakes hiring managers make is that they hire mini-me's. They hire people who think like them. Because let's face it and let's be honest, hiring people that are different than you, that think differently, is harder. It's harder to manage that. Mm-hmm. It's harder to manage diversity of thought, and it's a shortcut. Um, it's bad management to manage out um, different people that think differently. And ultimately, my biggest mission and philosophy in doing all of this is that I want hiring managers to look past someone's interview style and see that they need everyone on their team. We all do. And in fact, for me, in that original hypothesis thinking that like charmers were going to be the best at interviewing, I was showing my bias. It's because we all all believe, and I came up to a universal truth in my research, we all believe that the way we do things is the best way. Uh Well, we all believe that. (laughs) That's right. That's not the case, right? We are all different and we need each other. And I'm writing a book on the four interview styles. And in this process of writing about my research and and living in this for the last six years, what I ultimately discovered is that this has made me more empathetic, Mm -hmm. less judgmental, Mm -hmm. and more understanding that just because I don't do something that way doesn't mean it's not valuable. And most importantly, I now can think in moments like, ooh, what would my opposite do? Like, I have an employee who's an examiner. It's made you more curious. Polar opposites. And I think sometimes, how can I tap into and be more like him right now? It's made me more balanced. It's made me more empathetic, less judgmental. And that's what I hope we all get to through this process and in interviewing. And when you develop your self-awareness, you understand who you are. But through that realization, you also realize not everyone is like me. 
Yeah. And that leads to a different set of light bulb moments to your point about, well, how, what's my wife and my kids right. and my boss? Have you, and why are our wires getting crossed? Have you found that the challengers are the worst at that? Do you think the cha- <laughs> do you think the challengers think I'm the best? This is the way to do it more so than an examiner. Every, no, every everybody's equally kind of in your research. Yeah. Everyone universally thinks this is the way to do it. Well, you know it's like, funny. I was talking with another guy. I'm in the artificial turf space, and uh, well, there's another guy in another territory, and he was talking about he doesn't interview, he doesn't hire anybody without them taking this exam and learning like what kind of person they are. And I wonder, you know, I thought that he was just trying to hire people like him, kind of when I first heard him say it. But I wonder if he's trying to get a bunch of different styles of people in his company. I'm going to go back to him with that. Well, he swears by it. It depends on what he's doing with the results. That's right. So there are a lot of pre-employment assessments. And if you take the results and say, oh, this person's different. No. Well, then, yes, he's trying to hire mini-me's. Or if he takes the results and say, oh, this could balance us out. Or I need another person like this on my team. Then, yes, huh. that's the way to hire. That's interesting. And I love that your work is not just for those that wanting to up their interview game. But for those that, and you've said this several times, but for those that are giving interviews to be more mindful about how they do that and how they can up their game along the way. I feel like this whole conversation has been the things we think and do not say. So we certainly (laughs) have blurred the lines between that segment here. But I want to ask one question. And then uh, before we, we land the plane here, I would imagine most people, and maybe I'm making this up, leave an interview and have a some level of a vulnerability hangover. I was too much. I was not enough. Somewhere along the spectrum. What's enough? What's what's not enough? Maybe you can share a little bit about that because I feel like that's kind of, and maybe it's just me, like at what level do I give myself away, take off this mask? You know, maybe, does that question make sense? I like the the point about a vulnerability hangover. That's so great. You know, and I have shared in in interview trainings with corporate clients where I come in and I train all their hiring managers. And I had a woman, uh, a female manager, Charmer, raise her hand. And she said, this is all so interesting because when I leave an interview, speaking of her vulnerability hangover, I will go home and my husband will say, how did it go? And I'll say, great. I think they liked me. Mm. And that is a charmer. So I share this story in one of my next corporate trainings and a gentleman, an examiner raised his hand and he said, you know, when you shared that story about her saying, you know, her husband saying all that and that they liked her, I was thinking about what I would say if my wife said, how did the interview go? And I would say, good. I think that they saw me as qualified. Your vulnerability yeah. hangover depends on your interview style. Yeah. A challenger would leave an interview and say, if it went well for them, for example, <laughs> um, all right, I got my questions answered. I think I have a good sense right. of you know, what they are. So true. I, I crushed it. I crushed it. <laughs> a harmonizer would say, um, you know, I, I, I got like, I adapted to their culture and like, I could see myself working there because a harmonizer is always thinking about the culture and the bigger part of themselves. So to your point about the question, you know, how much do you give? This is a personal question that changes with your life experience and your comfort levels. 
And there is no right or wrong mm. answer. There is no silver bullet. I can't say mm. all those questions, all your answers need to be 2.5 seconds. No, no. I've had cl- so many clients tell me, so how long should my answers be? 30 seconds, three minutes? Right. No, they should just be great answers. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Thanks for saying that. One final way we're going to, uh, are you on Spotify by the way? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I'm How not... do you listen to music? Oh, I have a Spotify account. Yeah. I thought you meant like, do I like, Oh yeah. Not only a TikTok it. star, but are you a Spotify you listen star? To it. <laughs> so the reason I ask is because they just came out. You don't want to hear me sing. Trust me. <laughs> they, they, Spotify just released this last week. Maybe they're, uh, 2022 wrapped which i love where you can see i don't know if you got that but it tells you your top five songs i would love if it's easily accessible for you to pull that out would love to hear the anna papalia so fun to say it is fun to say francisco (laughs) you did well Um, with that thank you i would love to hear your top five papalia please do i pull it up somewhere or is it just here well if you go to here you go 22 in review wrapped if you yes, so if you're in Spotify, it probably would be something very close to like you're on repeat. You would have your top five there. Mm-hmm. Or you can you can look up um, top songs of 2022. It'll pop up in there. Okay. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you, Davey. Davey coming through on yeah, the mic. Davey just bringing it out. So if you go to your search functions, top. We just believe that music is a universal touch point. We can learn more about you and know what's going on in your head. What do I what do I search in the search bar? Top what? Just put in top, and the first thing that comes up should be song top songs twenty twenty two, and click. It on says that. your top songs, right? That's right. Yep. Hmm. Here we go. All right, I'm pulling it up. This Some of these good. are this definitely not mine. Maybe yeah, my, my somebody, wife's got the same. Somebody's account, broken so. into your account. What? What is it my, like? My uh, wife. <laughs> is it Tito Fuentes? Uh, no, it's a lot of Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen. As yeah, Anna's pulling her up. What is yours, John? What's I've your got number one? Combs. Tito Fuentes. I've got uh, some Dirk, Dirk Bentley. Casey and the Sunshine Band dance music. Some NF. Some if I know me. Morgan I don't even Wallen. know what NF one, is. Tupac. Mine would be like All right, Anna, what you got? Let's go. What's you number one? just have to go off the fly. It's, yeah, it's, it's not working for me, but I can go off the fly on this one. Mm. So, like, my five most recently uh, top played yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say that sort of my go-tos are, are um, oof, a tough one. I'm going to, I'm going to go artists. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Rolling Stones. Okay. Oh, wow. Rolling Stones. Amen. Beatles. Um, Stevie Wonder. Uh, right now Christmas music is on heavy rotation mm-hmm. in the house with the kids. Oh, I know that. Favorite Christmas song. What is it? I'm so bad at that. I, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, I don't know. Well, I, well the problem is I can't pick because yeah. I have several favorites. got it. <laughs> Colby says. Jingle bells. All right. The Rolling Stones. I'll be in. I'll be in uh, Philadelphia woman, soon. I'll have to come see you. I want them after my own heart. Hey, we we appreciate you taking time. What what, what do you see in the future for uh, the shift profile? What's next? What's the big thing? You got a book coming out. You continuing? Are you continuing to see companies pick this up and say we want to use this as part of how we train our people? Uh, world domination. World domination. Oh, John, you and John would get along well. I'm very interested, and I want to talk to you later. But uh, world cool. domination, putting language to interviewing. My good friend Anna Papalia, we, we were, were moving from 
artificial moments in interviews to artificial grass over here with my friend Tyler. For yeah. Tyler Burnett and John Byers and my good friend Anna Papalia, I'm Colby Jubenville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Oh.